0: I got messages for people like, man, I like your reviews. I could never talk in camera, and just like, man, people don't know that. It's like a pre-game basketball. Like my, <laughs> I got a whole playlist that I listen to, or like hype music I listen to just to go do these reviews. Like, do you
1: enunciate it all before you start? That's one of the things that I usually do before I start shooting the podcast. Because yeah. I, I get a little wordy sometimes. So sometimes my words yeah, together. Like I, mm. my tongue doesn't. Yeah. I get like behind my word. So before we start. Sometimes what I'll do is i like, go into the dictionary, mm-hmm. just go to a random part, and then just enunciate, like, 12 words mm. just to pronounce them. Okay. I don't know if I'm pronouncing them properly, but just, yeah. like, getting, like, the syllables down so that mm-hmm. when it
0: comes time to talk, like, it's all coming off my mouth well. A thing that helps when I go to record is trying to get a relaxing nature. So, like, I would just play a song that I know word for words.
1: You got to dance in the car a little bit so that it's always that, like, in the back of your head. There's going to be a motherfucker walking by looking at me like, what the hell is this guy Dog. in here doing? <laughs> so it's nice to do the little stuff that you can do to make yourself like, I'm going to sing out loud. I'm going to move and dance around. If people are looking at me right now, yeah. it's good because at the end of the day,
0: that's what I'm about to be doing anyways. As soon as I get, it's kind of like a pre-game for a basketball game. Okay. This, that's, my, that's my layup line. Uh, sing, dance all the way to the restaurant. And then as like, soon as I park, I was like, all right, hit the whistle. and like, all right, it's game. You just got to get it out the way. Oh, yeah.
1: Hi, welcome to Sidetrack. I'm your host, Dennis Kaminsky. Thank you for joining me on another episode where I talk to as many people as I can about as many subjects as I can. Joining me today is David Taylor from the YouTube channel DT Food Reviews. David's been going around the metro Detroit area over the last few months reviewing as many businesses as he possibly can and sharing his opinion with people. He's learned a lot of lessons along the way. He's also got a hell of a story about how he got into doing this in the first place. So you guys enjoy my conversation with David Taylor. Thank you. Before we get too deep into what it was specifically that got you started with it, just off the top of your head, has there been a review for you that you feel like has really stood out in regards to the quality of the food? And then my follow-up question would be, I'm excited to hear what was the best coming in. Also, what was the worst food coming out? Gotcha.
0: The best quality food that I reviewed that, you know, granted, this is one of my earlier reviews and I didn't know how to really process or really express myself. I think when you start a new content avenue, you get like real, you can sometimes become real timid Mm. with, you know, letting your personality show. One review that I wish I, you know, done it again or done it later was Detroit Detroit Vegan Soul. So Detroit Vegan Soul is just uh, a soul food restaurants and everything is very, um, everything's vegan. And I had this, uh sesame chicken and rice and broccoli. It was one of my favorite reviews, like food wise, quality wise. But then when I look at the video, I see myself being so <laughs> timid about it. Did you feel like you expressed it properly? Yeah, yeah. I felt like I could express it so much. I felt like I could express so much compared to like my most recent review, which I'm just letting all my personality mm-hmm. out. It was the Takaria stand, right? Uh the Taco Stand. Taco stand, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's, um, Is it the Taqueria, Taqueria Taco stand? Uh the Taqueria Taco Stand, that was that wasn't the recent one. The most mm. recent one was the Detroit Taco Bar. Okay. Gotcha. So just looking at the comparable of how I let my personality just flow out and not hold myself back from, you know, that review. It's just, you know, I wish I could do that review again and it's good that I could look back on it as like, man, I would not hold back my emotions again and just, you know, let it flow out.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important thing for anybody who's ever considering getting into content creating of any sort. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be perfect right off the bat, but it's always going to be at its best when it's the most genuine, when it's the most honest version of who you are. And I think mm-hmm. it's really difficult uh, mentally sometimes when you're going in, even with the podcast Initially, I felt like there was a very certain way that I had to present myself in the podcast. Like there was a very certain way that I had to conduct the conversation, just because like I I didn't really know what I wanted to be perceived as. Mm -hmm. And then when you start thinking about that kind of stuff, you start taking away from the things that are actually true about yourself. You know what I mean? Like you're like you said, you start hiding your personality, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to express this the way that I want to. I actually did notice that because I watched your most recent one right before you got here, just to kind of like touch up on your content and after every single bite, you gave some sort of expression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you could see it, and you're, mmm. the yeah. eyes roll in the back of your head a like little things bit. things that, like, like, I hid yeah, at the exactly. beginning.
0: That now I'm just, like, you know, just, just letting it go.
1: Did you ever feel like early on, and I haven't seen this in your videos necessarily, but did you feel like you had to be a very professional food critic early on, and as time has gone on, you've kind of uh, grown into, just, fuck it, I'm just gonna, this is what I like, and this is how it is? Did you feel, like, incentive early to to really touch on the ingredients and the way that the the flavors
0: blend into each other and, and all those other kind of things. Or did you, um, I think it was a mix. I think I wanted to come off as a professional to have people take me serious, but then I didn't want to slip into something that I'm just not. Yeah. So like halfway through like making all these videos, it's just at one point it's like, man, I just have to remember that I'm really just, I'm just here eating food in my car and just having fun. And that people are going to watch it, whoever watch it. And, You know, I felt need to explain myself at the intro of everything, and it's just, you know, I did just, like, you know, just, you know, lower my shoulders, unhinge my jaw, and just kind of relax and did it. It was a lot of pressure at first because I was like, man, I want to be taken serious off the bat. Yeah. You know, I want people to, like, come to me, especially when they need to know how good this food is, and it's just like, you know, it's okay to just eat your food in your car and talk little bit because that's all people want to they want a genuine genuine person because it's it's been times i've had you know quote unquote you know not high quality food <laughs> and i could have lied but that's just i wouldn't been general on it people would have said oh you know you, you said like it was, yeah yeah you said it was good but your facial expression kind of told it and you know knowing myself i can't really hide my facial expressions so I, I don't want to come off as disingenuous about it. Of course. Things. So, um, yeah, I definitely took myself a lot serious at first. And then it's just been a slow just release of the shoulders and <laughs> just sitting back, just like I'm just eating food in my car, talking about if the food is good or not. Speaking of like releases, which one released the worst? Which one came out
1: of your body in the most uh, unpleasant of ways. Because I'm always on the other end of it, too, when I watch the food. Uh The better it looks, I know sometimes the worse it is coming out. So if you could give anybody, not any caution, like precautionary measures, but like, hey, this food's bomb as fuck, but just so you know, your butthole's going to be burning for the next week afterwards. You got anything like that?
0: Okay, okay, okay. I must tell you, um, this is probably... (laughs) Man... I had to pick one that like came like just came out just really bad. I would give it, you know, granted, the food <laughs> was amazing. And go on record, the food was amazing. Um, Tasty's burgers. I think it was just a combination of so much stuff that was on the burger okay. itself that it was like I don't think it was a good way to end <laughs> this at all. But going going down, it was amazing. But it was just so. I think it was had like, it had like peppers and a burger patty and like three different types of cheeses and then it had like jalapeno poppers on it and it's like had jalapenos on it. it. was just like it was no good way to yeah. end this story at all. But the burger was amazing. Now, I'd do it all over again. I'd do it. i do it ten times again because it was a great burger. But definitely, it was just so much on it that it like, I think anybody with an iron stomach, it you was gonna have a bad day you no matter how you. Burgers. Tasty's Burger, but Tasty's Burger, I love you. It's tasty. I love you. It was delicious.
1: <laughs> before we get too deep into anything, um, we, we talked about it a little bit off air before you got in. Mm-hmm. You had a pretty interesting year, uh, which helped lead you to get to the point where you even started reviews. You said that you were furloughed from your job when the, the coronavirus hit. Would you mind to elaborate on that a little bit, kind of walk us to what got you to the point where you
0: decided to finally dive in and start doing some, some content creating? Yeah, so... I got, for, I got furloughed from my job. I work in sports. Everybody knows sports. Everybody know. Everybody know where they was at when the NBA canceled their games. Yeah, they a ta- big one. They're taking players off the court. The game is canceled tonight. Everybody knows where they was at when they heard, like, wait, they're canceling games? Like, this is, wait, so this is, like, serious, serious, right? Yeah, they're sending the, the rich people home. It's yeah, usually an indication, yeah. And I was at work, and I was like, man... It was real strange. Like give like I work in the parking department, so we're giving out refunds and everything. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, well, this can't last for long. And then we had LeBron's like, Ah, you know, I'm not playing unless we got fans and then that uh his stance changed and, and whatnot. So yeah, it was it was just a weird time. And then, you know, for a while they got into the mask make, making business. Okay. So mass making business, you know, you know, these uh, billionaire companies, they find a way to make you work in a way. Fast forward to when I got furloughed. So initially, when everything was going down...
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, they just had you guys come in and work with masks. Is that what? Yes. You're, okay.
0: So we transitioned from working, working for like the stadium to making masks. Okay. So you, just, were you working at a, uh, LCA or were you? Uh, I was working outside. It was like they, they, you know, these companies. They got, they got together. <laughs> yeah. Got, got an area for us. Got mask making tools, or mask making setups. So we went to this like, like this like building in Farmington and made masks for like eight <laughs> hours. It was just like, man, this is, I was like, man, when you have the money, you find a way to make your people work. Oh, yeah, keep it going. And, you know, just wasn't a situation, I won't go too deep into it, but a situation gone happened at work that I was dishonest with my boss and not excusing myself, but, you know, working in corporate America, especially as just a black individual, you have certain pressures. Mm. So even when you mess up, you try to find your way out of it. And that was just, you know, uh, granted, not using any of my actions. You know, I didn't like the feeling that I had, like, an anxiety attack just trying to admit that, like, I was wrong. Mm. And that my first instance was, like, just get the hell out the way. Just, yeah, like, you know, yeah. the, the the rocket's coming. Let's just pull myself out of the way, even though I pushed the button for the rocket. I'm just, you know, yeah, yeah. let me get myself out the way. So realizing at the, like the the pressures of anxiety done with that job and then the furlough came I was like man I realized man I can't even talk to my boss if I fuck up like what kind of what kind of job am I doing that even when I fuck up I'm so afraid to fuck up at my job this is also, this is within my first year. I'm so f- afraid to fuck up at my job. Which is already the worst mindset because you should be focused on doing it
1: the best of your ability. Yeah. Now I don't wanna fuck up on the other end. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, man, I don't wanna fuck up. And I was like, man, this is just not the way you're supposed to live. And, you know, that's why I was viewed like me getting furlough was a little bit of um just a little bit of a blessing 'cause just like, man, I don't have to deal with that no more. Yeah. I don't have to be afraid to Fuck up, or kind of you like, yeah, I messed up. You don't have to quit and compromise your income. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, oh man, you know, damn, if I did not, I was not happy at that place at all. Yeah. And coming to that realization, it's like, I got to do something that, you know, to either give back or just make me feel good at the end of the day mm-hmm. because that job did not make me feel good. I mean, we were charging, we were charging 45 to $60 to park. Yeah. At a Detroit Pistons game. Yeah. If y'all listening to this and the Detroit Pistons win some games, don't be fooled. I've seen it happen before. Yeah, what are they, like,
1: 5-13 and 13 right now? It's a rough season.
0: Yeah. It's pretty rough. So Although Jeremy just, Grant looks great. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it didn't make me feel good at that job. And it almost felt like I was, like, breaking the mold of it mm. in a sense when I got furloughed. It was like, man, I don't have to go back there and... It felt good. I was like, man, I was like, what other, what other modes that I've just, uh, that I've just been holding on to that, th- that, you know, wasn't making me happy, but I thought like, I have to keep it like this. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, exploring all sorts of things uh, during the time I was furloughed. Like I, I got into coding. I was like, you know, I'm gonna try coding. Yeah. Tried it. I don't like coding that much. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to try running a mile every day. Try it. I really don't try it. Yeah, it's I about know. a half mile a day. And then, yeah, I was yeah. like, man, I really don't like that that much. It felt like, you know, it felt like that time you was, like, wet behind your ears. And like, ah, oh, it's just everything's yeah, in front of you. Absolutely. You can just try anything.
1: Well, the opportunity was there. And I think, not to interrupt your story too much, uh-huh. but I think it was like that for a lot of people, where as scary as everything was, and it, for some people, it was more scary than anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. things never have cleared themselves up yet to this point but i feel like for a lot of people if nothing else it just presented an opportunity where you had to stop and evaluate what the fuck it is you're doing in life and what you got going on mm-hmm. and now you have even if it's only a month right because at the beginning it was like hey it's two two weeks four weeks like we'll we'll send you guys back but there's that moment of like so what the, what am i going to do over the next few weeks you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i i'm just used to being in the the wheels been turning constantly and now it's stopped and i get a chance to kind of st- look around and what have I been doing that I don't have to be doing that I can make a change moving forward, right? Like, exactly. and I think that that's the best way to look at life, regardless of where you're at. You should always stop and evaluate your situation, and regardless of whether or not it's been the way that you have been doing it your whole life, sometimes those those things that you're the most comfortable with are actually the things that are holding you back the most. Exactly, like you said, those molds where you feel like you're kind of like confined to being like one specific type of person mm-hmm. or. You
0: know, I'm in a specific type of career that I'm gonna have to
1: deal with forever. So
0: Yeah. So I do I do a little backtrack just to keep uh because I'm horrible at pacing. So I do I <laughs> Me do too mix it's up called my... sidetrack, man. I'm gonna yeah. veer off every once in a while. So I mix up my uh mix up my timeline. So boom. So I'm gonna start with NBA games I canceled. Now I'm mask making three days a week. So I'm still getting paid, but I got a lot of free time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, what I'm gonna do all this free time? So I picked up a hobby, and hey, I picked up, I started like thinking about hobbies I could do. I started fishing this summer. It is so goddamn fun. <laughs> fishing is the shit. So post your fish pics uh, in your profile pictures and your dating profiles. If you like fishing, don't be afraid to hold up your big, uh, your big catch. <laughs> Don't let don't let social media fool you. If you got a hobby and you like one of people, want to let people know about it. Don't be afraid to post your fish picture <laughs> because. When I caught my first big one, I was like, man, this is shit. I want to post this everywhere. I was you like, man. share it, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, man, it's always a, you know, you'll see things like, oh, it's always a guy holding up a fish in the profile picture. I was like, oh, man, that's lame. You got that trophy mentality right yeah, there. Yeah, until I caught, caught yeah. my first fish, I was like, okay, that is, yeah. you do want to hold hold it up and take a Proudly, picture of yeah. it. I was like, all right. So, that was the summer. So, I got into fishing. I was like, all right, it's a steady hobby. Then, I moved out. The day I moved out, I got furloughed. I was like, man, I was like, what the fuck? Life's a bitch, huh? It's got a funny way of balancing itself out. I was like, I just signed this lease, and then you called me, I'm like, a furlough. I was like, okay, damn. I was like, so sitting in my apartment, I was like, man, what am I going to do? I was like, you know, I'm me and my friends chop up ideas. Like, oh, we're going to stream. I streamed a little bit. I was like, we're going to make YouTube videos. My friends continue doing that. I'm just like a guest on it. I was like, man, you know, I really like food. And I really like not eating the same food. Cause I felt like we eat the same food all the time. Yeah, you get your menu. Yeah, I was yeah. like, man, it's just like you really just don't go to the same places. I mean, just granted, this is what everybody was just ordering takeout. Yeah. It, and it's just like, ah, you know. Everybody said, fuck. Oh, shit. Hey, can I cut some here? Yeah, you can say whatever right, you want. Yeah. All, right, all right, yeah. <laughs> like the 15th time you've done it. But. Everybody was Just eating. Just eating. Everybody during the pandemic was just fucking fucking eating. Yeah, hey, I got to put on those uh, quarantine 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, man, we just eating the same stuff. I was like, we just ate the same stuff for like eight months straight from like March <laughs> to September. Like, oh, man, we've been eating. We've been eating a lot. And this was the same things. So I was like, man, you know, there's no one out there that does food review. I was like, uh, okay, that's wrong. I was like, okay, people do food reviews. That that's not right, Dave. People do a lot of food reviews in Metro Detroit. I was like, yeah. Granted, this is all happening in my head, so but it's not just, the biggest market, so I could see why I yeah. would
1: immediately go there. Like, I could stream, or I could differentiate myself by jumping into this food review thing because I don't really know people around me who are doing it like that. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So you know, did my did my research about it, just about September, October. Did my research about it. I was like, you know, not to hate on anybody that uh, does like have a food review. Y'all take really good pictures of these foods, but I never see you eat it. Mm. I never see you eat these food. And it's like you, it's certain type of emotion you could put when like yeah. eating food that make people eat it like for instance guy fury you know something good because it's a reaction <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like oh man that's delicious yeah. or like oh man you the man it's a fist bump yeah it's like oh he doesn't say anything he just just one bit mm. you can see in his eyes yeah yeah it's just like you know these pictures are really great pictures i I mean i, I use my phone for my pictures and people probably just use like you know professional cameras or they could use phones too i was like but it's, like I don't know if you're enjoying it or you're just good at taking pictures. Yeah, yeah. Like how do I know this food is good if I can't see your initial reaction? That's why I'm, I'm very careful. I'm very careful not to give up <laughs> how I think about the food from my initial reaction. Yeah, yeah. I try to. It doesn't always work, but I try to. And you
1: want to be able to visually express the way that you're feeling while you're you're taking it in.
0: Yeah, because yeah. when I see when I see Guy Theory, you can see a really good picture of a food. Like, oh man, that's delicious. But when you see Guy Fury enjoy it, that's it's like, right. oh man, I want to go there now. You make people want to go there because they see how much they see how much you enjoyed it and they want to have see if their expression the same. Yeah, yeah. it's look, it's a little bit of connection you put with the food, like, oh man, it, it made him do all this. It must be good. Yeah, yeah, it's you got to get people to think it must be good. Like, oh, you know, that oh, man, that looks good. But, like, when you see somebody react to it, like, oh, man, it must be good. (laughs) You you see all the expressions he made? It must be good. Well, all food looks good in
1: pictures. Like, that's true. That's one of the things you learn on DoorDash very quickly or any Uber Eats, whatever the case is. Or when you go into a restaurant. I used to work at a movie theater, Mm -hmm. and uh, we would put the videos up of, like, the food that we had in our restaurant. Mm -hmm. So the videos would be playing on the board the whole time. And they'd have all the fake food, right? Like the prop food and the pictures. So then they, you know, they'd show the cheese being pulled off perfectly, and the strings are attached up until the point where they just don't need to be anymore, and then right. it perfectly snaps, and everything looks as good as it possibly can. And then you pull out the food from our kitchen, and we worked at a movie theater, so you can guess that shit wasn't good.
0: Yeah, it wasn't good at all. Imagine. You know, it's a, just a connection you wanted to put with the food, and I was just like, I was thinking to myself, I was talking to my friends that you know, it's not enough people just, it's not enough people. I could fill a, vo- fill a void in it. You're like, sure, I don't have the huge following. People have been doing this for a while, but, you know, people can't talk like me. Mm-hmm. Like, people, they don't have my personality. And it's just finding something you could do and, you know, just capitalizing on it. Absolutely. Like, maybe I don't have the following or the camera quality, but, People can't talk like me. You can't take yeah. that away from me. It's really hard to get in front of a camera as much as people as as many times as I've as, as I've done it, it's really hard to get in front of a camera. Oh, yeah. I really wanted to eat something different each time. <laughs> I wanna eat something different. I want I didn't wanna really support chain restaurants. Like, no offense to them, but we have these small businesses and yeah. we always talk about you know shopping small but we never we never think about the restaurants we go yeah. to the same restaurants every time for quick and quick and cheap and i was like you know restaurants count as small businesses oh, yeah. and they need our help during this as almost much more as, than anybody yeah more than anybody yeah. it's like man we could go to we could go to any fast food restaurants or you know any chain restaurants it's like oh you know we're helping them out but you know your little mom and pop sandwich shop that specializes in chicken sandwiches—you know, you pop in, you know, every couple times a week. Yeah, yeah. That that just make make their day, just oh, you got a big order, or you want to take somebody take somebody uh get some food like you know these places appreciate you so much. Oh yeah. Because you know during the pandemic they just uh they need so much help. Absolutely. So it's just really important to just put like hey. These places are here. I know I know what DoorDash or Uber <laughs> Eats say. They, you show the food around you. You pick the places. Like, oh, man, that sounds delicious now. But, you know, try. You know, look around a little bit. Yeah, try out this Fat Daddy's place. Yeah, try, try out the Peepo's. Try, yeah, all yeah, the places. Try, try out something. Yeah. So I just really wanted, uh, I felt a little bit as a, you know, discoverer or a venturer when it comes to like yeah. finding these places. And I felt like I was giving back. So I was like, oh man, that made me feel good. So that's what really you know, that's really what's really drives the channel. Just me discovering new food. And it's a chance that people could watch me eat. And it's a chance that some like add a customer somewhere. Because I'm not, I'm not really looking for a profit. Yeah, I just want to taste good food. Like that's, that's the main thing. I want to taste something that's good that maybe I never had tried before. I think it's really interesting
1: how just getting in, getting caught in a cycle, breaking free is always the best feeling in the world. But when you find out, like A, I can break free, and this will incentivize me to go try all these different places, and B. Maybe on top of that, I can help some small business owners make a little bit of extra money. I can give them a little bit of additional promotion. Mm-hmm. It's, a lot of people say support small businesses by just tweeting that term, right? Support, support small businesses. But they don't shop at small businesses as often as they should. Generally, they're ordering all their shit from Amazon or whatever the case is. And mm-hmm. They'll go to a small mom and pop shop every once in a while to maybe to get a specific need. But I think with food especially, like as great as some of the chains can be, Eventually it gets old. You know what I mean? Like that's how Mm -hmm. I always felt. That's one of the when I moved out to Portland, the food trucks they had out there were hands down the best food I've ever had in my entire life. I can only imagine. I never in my life thought that I'd ever try like an Indian Mexican fusion food truck. And I got there and it worked. Like it worked way better than I expected it to. And I got a chance to meet a lot of really cool people. That was the biggest thing. And I'm sure that you've had some of experiences yourself where you meet Some of these people who are just so, and all they care about is given, right? Because they're they're chefs, right? People who make food are the best people in the world because all they care about is making sure people are fed. Mm -hmm. And that's the most, like, that's, like, the most honest quality in a person you can possibly. Because I don't know if, like, that's how my grandma was, right? Like, when Mm -hmm. people come over, she's like, no, get your ass inside. I need to make sure everybody's fed. Mm -hmm. And you could could feel the love, you know what I mean? Because she cared about you. And that's how I feel when I go to some of these small businesses like it doesn't feel like they're just like, hey, how do we how do we give them how do we maximize our food? And I know they got to do that shit in the back, right? Like, yeah, I know yeah, they got to yeah. maximize the uh, uh, their inventory and they got to take care of their shit and they, they don't want to give you too much of something. But you go to Domino's. I used to work at Domino's. That's the reason I say it. They're so fucking greedy. Mm -hmm. with everything like you can't put a certain like you you got to limit yourself to a certain amount of cheese like you got to measure out everything perfectly which would be awesome if it was just to maximize the recipe right Mm -hmm. like if that was just to maximize the taste of the food then I'd be totally down with it but unfortunately it's just to extend your shit a little bit It's to extend the shelf life of all the food that they get in to keep it as cheap as possible and sell as much of it as we can without going crazy and using too much of it uh, first time I ever went to a food truck, they were just selling like uh, chicken shawarmas and stuff like that. It was primarily Middle Eastern food. And I watched the dude go, hey, you want spicy sauce? Yeah, go ahead and hook me up with some spicy sauce. Dumped some on. You want a little bit more? Yeah, go ahead and hook me up with a little bit more. All right, I got you. Hold up. If I tried that shit at Domino's, I'd get yelled at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you want me to hook you up with a little bit more pepperoni? It's like, no, we only put forty pepperoni on a large pizza. They got to pay extra to go up above and beyond. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. see, so you can see it in the people, and then you also get a chance to meet
0: them and learn their stories, and that's that's always the coolest thing in the world. Because so many, so many times that I've met, either during Instagram uh, Instagram DMs or, uh, it was a really slow time when I went to, I believe, Hamburger Grill, and. You know, I've rarely goes to. I'm not a vegan, but I like trying vegan food. Yeah. I think it's fun. I think, like how how do you get this to taste like it's not vegan? I, love, I I you know I'm so interested in that. Like how did you get that to taste? How do you get that fake chicken to taste like chicken? How the yeah. fuck you do that? So, I, I went into Um, um Grill. Granted, I I hope this is Um Burger Grill, <laughs> but I was just staring at the menu. I was like, man, I really don't know what to I don't know what I want. This guy that was cooking, this guy that was cooking behind the counter came across, was like, hey, uh, came, came across the counter, I'm in front of the counter, so me and him not, now next to each other, like, hey, have you been here before? And this is the owner. Yeah. He runs he runs the Instagram and everything. He came, stopped cooking, came around the counter, like, hey, you need any help f- picking out oh, what yeah. you eat? Like, I could help you. I could tell you what's good, what do you like? Like, oh, you could try this and that. Like, he took taking his time, just just dropping everything like, hey, you got this. All right, I'll be right back. Came around the corner, it just greeted me. Yeah, I was like, you know, you don't get that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you never get, get that going into a chain. Yeah, you get. You get a pissed off know, bus boy. Yeah, sit like, down
1: at this table.
0: You get. Oh, what what do you have? What yeah. do you have to order? Because you're gonna order the same thing. So like, what are you? Yeah. What are you gonna order today? And uh, the Instagram DMs I've gotten. Uh, people just happy to be promoted or happy oh, yeah. to get tro- chose for a review, like so happy that I enjoyed it and that they want to repost it, and just you know, a lot of people forget that food is an art. Absolutely, food is as much as the art as painting. I agree. Music, dance, any other art form. And when people see you enjoy it, that makes them feel good. Absolutely. Like, granted, sometimes it's to go, or sometimes the cook don't really get to see you because they in a, uh, they in the back. But when people see your reaction to their food, that makes them feel a certain type of way. Is is It's not yeah. just it's not just food. It's it's art to them because they created this. They practiced it. Over and over again to oh, yeah, get it. The
1: craft of cooking is a very difficult craft to master.
0: Yeah, and they took their time in getting it just the way they wanted, and to see that all their hard work, all the time, all the food they thrown out because they messed up, and you enjoy it like you like it makes them feel good. So seeing the DMs and messages like, "Oh man, like I love your review. Come back again, or next time is on me. Like oh, I got something else for you to try out." It's like, man, this is, you know, this is people's art. Absolutely. So it's a, you know, this is not a bad chain podcast episode. But, you know, it's the, you know, recognizing that these small businesses need the promotion. Absolutely. And they got great food. So why not try something, you know, breaking the mold a little bit, try something new. So, you know. I love
1: rooting for the underdog too, man. I I love it when you see a small business grow to something sustainable. makes me feel
0: good. Oh, yeah. I think it's um, it's almost like a... I almost feel like a treasure hunter. I think I mentioned that. Like, I feel like a discoverer. Yeah. Like, I feel like an adventurer when I find these small places. Like, Fat Daddy's in Riverview. That place, you could drive past that place maybe, like, nine times. And not even see it, yeah. Not even yep. see it. And it has one of the best chicken sandwiches I've ever tasted. And I felt like, man, I, it's like, like, oh, man, I found treasure. <laughs> like... You know, and now you got to tell people, like, hey, look what I found. Yeah,
1: you're drawing out the map for them on YouTube. You're you're drawing out the maps for them. You're showing them where the
0: X's are at. Exactly. Yep. So it's like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to discover this place, write a review about it, and now people know where it's at. To that point, what is your selection process
1: for choosing uh, which types of restaurants you're going to review next? Because I feel like that would be really difficult. Like, do you just kind of look and looked at reviews yourself? Do you look to see, like, the quality is high, or do you try to just find like the most obscure niche type places or what? what is your general approach when you're you're going into the week looking for a new place to review
0: the last thing i check is your social media okay are you helping yourself at least because social media these days no matter how you want to cut it dry it just it's just what it is yeah so it's, where
1: we, it's where we communicate it's the, like yeah
0: it's it's what helps me helps you helps you helps me so that's the last thing. That's the last thing I check is see if you are you even trying to promote yourself? Yeah. So it's, you know, Instagram is free. You know, everybody got phones that you can post pictures and stuff like that and have your information out there. So I try to see, you know, do you have a social media following? And I don't check the numbers, I don't care if you got. 300 followers or 50 followers. I just yeah. want to see, are you just even out there even trying for yourself? You're trying to promote yourself, yeah. trying to get yourself out there. Um. So when it comes to my food selection, I got like a little notebook and okay. it goes in like different sections. So I have I have places I want to review that are vegan, places that I want to review that are strictly vegetarian, uh, places that I want to review that are seafood-based, um, black-owned, Halal foods because we're very very close to Dearborn yeah, and yeah. a lot of people need halal food just to eat, well eat. Yeah, yeah. I try to look at my previous review and see who couldn't eat that.
1: How do I diversify for my next review? Yeah. Okay.
0: And then when it comes to thinking that, I think I think of it as like a culture sense. So okay. When I think of like oh you know a little bit of Americana burger next. Can I get more uh, vegan soul food? Yeah, yeah, vegan soul food, or can I get um, was it Peruvian food? Yeah, or can I get maybe Chinese or Mexican or uh, halal food? We got. I think about how to touch base with every culture, maybe, and just get people just to try out something different. Mm-hmm. Like I think Peruvian food was probably the most interesting review I've did, but. That's my process. Just trying to cover the bases. Yeah. But knowing that it, just knowing that, like you know, can I find something there that I like? And (laughs) my search bar is wild. Like I want, I want vegan soul food. I want a halal chicken sandwich, Mm. or I want a food truck sub, or I want you know I want Chinese, but I want their take on tacos. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So, it's just, you know, just trying to break the
1: mold like you were saying earlier. Go yeah. outside
0: of your comfort zone, try and explore new things. Yeah, and I see the pattern pattern of myself because when it, when it comes down to it, everybody can make a everybody can make a good burger or a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Or a sub. So, you just got to see who you want to who do you want to get a sub from? Like I've had a uh oh, what was it? Oh it was an Italian Mediterranean sub And granted you would think those places are really close, but it's not yeah and the taste uh, the taste was like delicious. And it's just like man I just put three I've just put a a sub with Italian culture and Mediterranean culture all in one and I just and it was halal meat. I just covered the board right there oh, yeah. just for that one review. You gotta try to you just gotta try to explore and try to cover things because everybody want to eat. Yeah, of course. That's what I like doing to vegans. Like, well, if I have vegan followers, well, you know, got some vegan food for you right here. So I just, think that's a I think that's a good approach when you're
1: looking at it from a creator's perspective because it's really interesting when you look up like uh, you look up marketing techniques, right? Like, if you want to get into content creation, when you look up marketing techniques, they actually suggest the opposite. They mm-hmm. suggest find your niche and just work that shit as hard as you can. And I think, unfortunately, that's why a lot of things, they had, like, a very naturally low ceiling. You know what I mean? Because you are restricting yourself, right? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. only, I'm going to review pizza, right? So then anybody who doesn't eat cheese automatically is probably going to be watching these reviews, like, unless you're somebody who specifically goes and finds a vegan pizza, Mm -hmm. right? But then if you don't like pizza in general, this may be the guy I'm going to be going through. Mm -hmm. So I like that approach. I think it's a good approach. I think it's cool. I think we we live in a beautifully diverse area. That was Mm -hmm. one of the things I was always most grateful for growing up here Mm -hmm. is we live in a, I learned this especially when I got to Portland because it's a bigger area. So it's Portland, the city of Portland compared to like this downriver area that we live in, the bigger population, right? So I'm sure statistically speaking, the numbers are, you know, a little bit higher in regards to like different cultures and stuff. Mm -hmm. But overwhelmingly it was very white. Mm -hmm. Like it was very white. Like I felt it a lot when I was there and that was as weird as it sounds like a little bit unsettling because i'm used to being here where like you know you went to high school the same place i was there was so many different kinds of people there like mm-hmm. we were blessed in that regard like i got a chance to meet all different kinds of cultures really early mm-hmm. i got a chance to start learning about different people learning about different foods learning about different tastes in music you know what i mean cultural tastes in music it's not just you know the standard rock rap type conversation but like i've had people introduce me to like foreign language music that i've found incredibly beautiful so mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that you're taking an approach of I want to maximize where I lived, right? Like like you specifically mentioned Dearborn. Mm-hmm. Like I want to maximize where I live. I want the people who I know here from Dearborn to know I'm covering them too when I'm putting these reviews out. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a really good approach. So
0: Because um, a big thing for me is just like food restrictions. Yeah. Like, you know, I am, admittedly, I'm a horrible lactose intolerant person. And some somebody might take that very serious. Absolutely. So, how do you just only do? How do you only do dairy products? mm -hmm. Or you know, uh, maybe a Muslim belief. I need halal meat. Yeah. You never mentioned halal meat ever. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I could ever try any of your food. Like I gotta do my extra research. Like, oh man, it's like is it halal meat? Because if it's not even that, I don't care what it is, I can't eat it. Absolutely. So, it's a.
1: and you're, you're, you're cautious of those things. A lot of people are unknowingly not even aware of that when they're going into that process, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, they don't even realize, like, they might not even, like, some people might be hearing this going, like, what the fuck is halal meat? Because yeah. they've never been in a situation, like, they've always just gone for pork, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's a really interesting uh, uh, psychological thing hearing it, you know what I mean? Because, like mm-hmm. I said, like, I've always been a little more cautious of that stuff because I grew up around different kinds of people, so you get used to it, right? Like, if you get caught in your own little bubble, It's very difficult to break out of that because you don't even realize you're in a bubble in a lot of instances. So you go, everybody likes pizza. Yeah. Everybody likes tacos. Exactly. You've never met anybody who wasn't actually physically able to eat that or maybe culturally not able to eat that. It's Mm -hmm. it's not a part of their religion and these foods aren't something that they naturally consume. So
0: That's why I I, I attribute just like breaking out and trying things like uh, I've been vegan, been vegetarian, or I just gave up red meat, didn't eat pork before. Or um, I've done yeah. diet restrictions, and it won't last that long because I don't need to. I just want to try it. Like you know what, I'm not going to eat red meat. Let's see all the different types of How stuff. How do I, I feel? Can. Yeah, yeah. Or if I want to go out, I'm just going to eat vegan food. I just want you know I'm going to be vegan during the week, and then on the weekends, that's when I ha- that's when I have my meat. Like I think my ability to try things is my also attributes to my abilities to acknowledge like you know you ever did a you ever did a diet and people ask you like oh why are you doing that yeah i've
1: seen that a thousand times somebody goes it's just like, like yeah
0: i've mentioned that I, I didn't eat red meat before and it's like i love steak I like well i didn't say you didn't love steak yeah i just said i didn't eat red meat right now it wasn't forever it was just like it's like uh you see the reaction to people when you mention these things It's rare that people think about others when it comes to, you know, food restrictions. Absolutely. Um, it's
1: especially interesting, to your point, where
0: long term, if you ever ended
1: up being forced into a dietary or like a restricted diet, right? Like you ever mm -hmm. had like a medical situation come up and they were forcing you into a restricted diet. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you're built for that now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. something like that would probably be really difficult for me because I spent a lot of my life as a really picky eater mm. and just recently within the last few years have I been expanding my my palate, I guess. So if they told me now like you're restricted and you can't eat, you know, this type of food and this type of food. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be a very difficult adjustment for me because it's not something that I've really I haven't regularly pushed myself out of my boundaries, you know what I mean? So mm. you've been vegan. So if they told you, "Hey, you can't have meat." For one reason or another or Mm -hmm. you've broken from a vegan diet and I've I've met some people who have had vegan diets who have then found out like hey you need something like you have to have some meat you're you're unhealthy with this so it's really interesting like I think uh, like you said a lot of people don't think about it you know they hear you're not eating red meat and then they're almost like what?
0: Yeah, like yeah. Red meat is my life. Yeah,
1: that's that's the, all I eat. You know like, what you, I mean? You, the fuck's wrong with you?
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't eat this? Yeah. It's like well, why don't you? Like you should eat everything. It's yeah, like, you have you have to explain exactly what your position is on it. It's yeah. interesting. And it's just like yeah, I wanna be I wanna be very thoughtful yeah. of my process and I wanna be able to make sure that like I do a review that I do a review that people like you know, I, I love your reviews and I love hearing you speak. All the places you go, I can't go. Yeah, I try to diversify and I try to uh, find something for everyone. I know, I know the smart plan is just to be a ni- uh, have a niche, niche yeah, jump into something. And yeah. I know what people will probably say along the road, like, "Oh, David, you need to figure out, yeah, your, your niche." And it's just like, nah, fuck I don't, that. I, don't I disagree. Want to. I don't think the world
1: works like that. I That's think those are dated business practices. I think the world's a lot more open-minded than people think.
0: Exactly. So you're D T food we're gonna try to find something. I'm gonna try to find something that you can eat. Yeah. Like if I can't if I don't got this, I got that. It's kinda like um when you was a I think like when you was picky eater, you mentioned your grandma. was like oh man, I don't like this food. Well we're gonna find something for you to eat. Yeah, exactly. Like we're gonna yep. find something for you to eat. Like yeah. you're not gonna starve. Right. Like I know I only make chicken, but if you don't like chicken, we're gonna I got some hot dogs in the the yeah. fr- freezer. Yeah. We're gonna find you something to eat. Like oh you don't like meat? Well, I got some bread and some PB and J. We're going to find you something to eat. Absolutely. So you got to you know, just being thoughtful about it. Like we going to find we all going to eat. So we just got to find something. Do you feel like you take that same approach to other things in life outside of just food?
1: Do you feel like you're generally uh culturally open-minded in regards to the hobbies that you participate in or some of the other arts and stuff that you consume? Do you feel like you take that same approach everywhere in life or is this something that you've especially developed over the last year with the the covid
0: restrictions i think i've taken this you know in all places in my life i think i've tried i always tell myself i try everything twice yeah because the first time might be a fluke absolutely so i always say i try everything twice so if it's a hobby if it's something for instance i'm a horrible basketball player i am god-awful I'm one of those guys that just meant yeah, I could play defense because that's probably the only thing. (laughs) The best time for me in basketball is when the ball is not in my hand. So, yes, I could play defense. If my friend needed a body for a rec game, I was like, man, I I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing over here. And it's just being able to just, like, jump on the court like, hey, David, we just need you to play. I was like, all right. Like, oh, just this is a little bit fun, but, like, I know what I'm doing slightly. I'm a little bit of an athlete. And just being able to just try it. Like, you, you, you might not be good. Like, the fishing this past summer, like I, you might not be good at it. Yeah. It might not be fun. I bought pole and equipment <laughs> and everything. Well,
1: you mentioned coding. You said specifically coding was one of them that you started yeah. getting into, and you realized it just wasn't for you.
0: It's just being able just to try things. Like, I have this big thing that, like, we're on this earth to explore, to experience, and just to live all these things. And just to restrict yourself to what you know, I feel like you're doing a disservice for the people that came before you. The people that came before you didn't, wasn't satisfied with their, their small city block or what they learned in school, Mm. what they ate, what they've been told. Explorers, exploration, uh, traveling the world, getting a taste of different cultures. They weren't satisfied. And I think, I think we are very satisfied and content in where we are and. Kind of afraid of trying something, yeah. That we're not used to, so you know, I think it's very important to me to just try things, yeah. if it even if it's not good. If it, I've tried learning a different language, and I've gra- gained a lot more respect for people, uh, people languages, or just being able just to try things. I'm always, I'm always been a tryer. Like I might not be good at it. Yeah, I'm most likely would be horrible at it, but I'm going to at least try it out. And I think, you know, life is really all about experience in it. And that's what gave me the ability to talk about so many different topics because I've, I've I probably tried something close to it. Yeah. And I think that's, like, really important with the human experience to just trying things. Like, right, that's weird. I'm going to still try it, though. It's something I always, like, Really took pride in. It. Just you know, Absolutely. just trying it. Unless it's like something like really dangerous. Yeah, or you're gonna hurt somebody, yeah. Yeah. Like hurt somebody or hurt myself. Like of course. I'm gonna at least try it. Like I could name a lot of things that I've tried for like months and it's just like you did all these, like, yes, I've I've tried it all. You jumped did. all in. I've jumped all in in a lot of things, Dennis, like a lot. <laughs> like I've tried I've tried a lot of things. And I always continue with continue to. I think the human life experience is about you know, exploring your dislikes and your yeah. likes because would you want to be laying on your deathbed thinking, man, I wish I tried more things. I wish I could tell a story about my life like, man, I dated a girl and we used to go ballrooming <laughs> every weekend for six months. Yeah. I found out I don't like ballroom dancing. <laughs> I was like, Ah, oh, man, I don't like that. Have you been ballroom dancing? Uh, Nope. Okay. Nope. I was gonna say that's one
1: I'm excited to explore if that's the case. That sounds like a hell of a yeah, but
0: Yeah. It's just like, you know, what do you want to say at the end like at the end of it all? Do you wanna have a story to say or do you just wanna have the same thing that everybody else talked about? Absolutely. So just try things.
1: That's one of the things that I've I've always been really excited. That's one of the reasons I actually started this podcast was I always felt like growing up. I was lucky enough to have, because like, I've always been a very open and conversation person. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I've always been willing to sit down and just talk to people and, and learn about it. Uh, I usually don't get too mad at people when I find out you know, who they are or what they are. I'm always just more interested in finding out why they are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wanna know. So I've been lucky enough, I think, in life to, to have a lot of conversations where I've learned a lot of information that's, that's either completely shifted my perspective or it's taught me lessons that I still carry with me today that I probably never would have had if I would have stayed within my comfort zone. And that's one of the reasons that I actually started the podcast was I was excited to potentially share those conversations with other people. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I was excited to have somebody on who can tell me about their experience, you know, transitioning from red meat to an exclusively vegan diet, Mm -hmm. because I don't know if I'll ever experience that myself necessarily. But for anybody who's maybe on the fence about it, hearing somebody's positive experience might make it a little bit of an easier jump for them to make. And I think that that's one of the reasons I was excited to have you on was jumping into content creation is a very, it's it seems like a very easy thing to do. And by all means, it's a very simple thing to jump into. Like, I'm sure you started realizing that when you started getting into it. You're like, mm-hmm. I, can, I can make do with the shit I got. It's maybe not necessarily the quality that I want it to be, right. but I can make it happen. So if I can make it happen, I'm going to make it happen because people can't wait until I got a good camera to find out where this this halal place is at. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like people can't wait until I got my shit completely together. But, you know, I guess back to the main point, it's a very scary thing to jump into, but when you hear it executed properly, it makes you feel like there's so many possibilities. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with somebody and you've gone deep as hell into subjects with them and you leave feeling like there's still so much more about the world that you can learn and it almost makes everything really exciting again because i think sometimes you can maybe mm-hmm. p- put yourself in a position where you're like all right i think i got this figured out mm-hmm. right well i never got it figured out because i'm always talking to different people and they're always throwing me new variables that i've never even considered processing you know what i mean and i think that that's been a very helpful experience for me so i think it's dope that you're going through and doing that specifically with food right Because mm-hmm you don't think about stuff like that always, right? Like mm-hmm. the cultural elements to them. Like, well, I'm not just you know, promoting this food so that I can make money off of a YouTube channel. I'm also trying to promote small businesses, but I'm also trying to find an alternative for people who are, are eating in this this restricted diet right now who maybe are hoping to potentially one day get to a point where they feel comfortable eating other food, but they don't know if they would like it or not. Well, they see somebody like you eating it and they go, well, I saw him eat chicken and waffles, and I know I like chicken and waffles, mm-hmm. right? If he likes chicken and waffles and he likes this, maybe I will as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a, a beautiful beautiful way of going about things in the world. I think that that's one of the strong benefits to, to social media is as much negative as there can be, there's equally
0: positive on the other end. We're very similar in people. You know, experiences brings everybody together. Absolutely. So when you experience something with somebody you can actually talk you could talk about it more you can understand where they come from that's why if you if you come from low income or you come from the inner city when like rappers make it out and they talk about it like man i resonate with that like i understand that or if it's an artist talking about um talking about their mental illness or you know they rough upbringing like you could resonate with that It brings you closer that's with everything, and I think we as people sometimes close ourselves off. That you know, like, oh, you won't understand me. Well, you have have yeah. you told people like the things you things you've gone through. Have you opened the door to maybe get them to understand where you're coming from? Like, oh no, you know, so and so and so understands me. Yeah, and that's that's all that matters. I know they won't understand me. We could have completely two upbringings, but man. I, you know, maybe our childhood kind of sucked. <laughs> or, like, maybe like maybe our biggest bully was our oldest sibling. Yeah. It was little things that, you know, that could bring us together. It was like, oh, man, I, lo- I lost a parent at a young age. Yeah. You know, me too. Like, it's like little things that could bring oh, yeah. people together, and then we just, you know, shared experiences, everything. and. You know, if we shared more experiences that, you know, we realize that we're not that, you know, we're not as different as we like to believe we are. Surface level, sure. Yeah. But we are very similar when it comes to our experiences. Yeah. Well, we're built the
1: same. You know what I mean? And it's interesting because a lot of it is experiences. And when you meet people who have had experiences that you've never thought about, like, it opens up your worldview. And you just see everything clear. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it almost feels like, uh, like you know, like widescreen movies, mm-hmm. right? So they got like the the block off of it. Feels like every time you talk to somebody, it gets a little less wide. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you'll probably never see the full fit picture because you'll never have a chance to the full. And if we could, then life would be crazy different right now, right? Because somebody yeah. would have had everything figured out. But you spend your whole life just getting it a little bit clearer, a little bit sharper, and a little bit more. And to me, it's almost difficult. Because it feels like there are so many restrictions on conversations right now, and it breaks my heart because some of the most insightful conversations that I've had with people have been some of the most difficult conversations that I've ever had to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense entirely. No, that makes sense. But uh, uh, like not to get too deep into the conversation, but obviously I'm a Caucasian dude, right? Like I'm a white guy. So in a lot of instances, I had to learn about culture the hard way, mm-hmm. right Like I had to learn about it from a, an assumption that I had about life and then i've talked to people and they've completely broken that entirely and it's it's given me a completely different perspective on things mm-hmm. and it's made me a better person in a lot of ways you know what i mean because i don't i feel like it's not as narrow of a viewpoint it'd be naive to assume it's still not a narrow viewpoint you know what mm-hmm. i mean because like i can only ever live off of my experiences of course but just having some of the conversations with some of the you know the the people that i've met in life they've they've expanded it just enough to the point where i feel like i now see some things that I didn't see before and it's sad sometimes because then you see maybe some things that you had done in life that weren't they didn't make everybody feel okay or whatever the case is but you know you eventually get to a point where as difficult as it is to have that conversation it made me better it's like exercise almost right Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't feel good in the moment when you're doing push-ups right like it hurts you know your muscles are they're pushing you know what I mean but eventually you learn to love that hurt. You know what I mean? Like when you when you really want to develop yourself and grow into it. Definitely. And I feel like in conversations it's the same thing. Like it's it's very it's very difficult because you, you know, it's a very fine line that you have to walk when you're talking to somebody. But like I said, some of the hardest conversations that I've ever had to have in life have benefited me so much more than like the simple surface level shit. You know what
0: I'm saying? You know we don't talk enough as a people yeah we don't talk enough and we do assume a lot in that you know you know why that's offensive yeah some people might never even you know some people might never even gave it a second thought or never been taught that you assuming that they had a good upbringing you're assuming that their education system mm-hmm. was good you're assuming that the people that brought them into their life was morally good absolutely yeah you assume all these things it's like well you examples of people like oh well they figure it out but you assume that they are like them I think we do a lot of assuming when it comes to you know just experiences in life and Granted, you understand the people who are taking full-fledged advantage of it, yeah, in like a demonizing way. But I think we do a lot of assuming when it comes to life and our experiences. Another assumption is that, like, oh, you're grown, you should just Google, you should just know what that yeah, means, yeah, yeah. And we just do so. We do so so much assuming when it comes to life experiences. I agree, and. If you just, you know, take a while just to like talk to people when it comes to it and learning from the source itself without just assuming that they should know. Yeah. Then, you know, a lot of things could be explained in different sorts of way. And it's just I mean, the conversation is hard because you're just like, Man, I can't believe you was just oblivious to this.
1: Yeah. Or on the other end you're you're too proud to maybe admit that you don't see something in a certain way and you don't wanna like, you talk to somebody and necessarily, like, uh, a really good example I had one time. Uh, it was a while back, and it's, it's kind of inconsequential, of course, but, like, like it was a musical thing. I'm a huge Cure fan. I don't know if you ever listened to The Cure. Nope. I always, like, I grew up around people making fun of their music, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, the, the gayest music in the world, and they used that term in a very offensive way, right? Mm-hmm. So, even though I got to the point where I didn't necessarily view the world like that, like, I didn't view the term gay as an insult, there was still that negative association that I had with the music. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Because like growing up, I had heard people say stuff like that. And I didn't even realize until I actually went out of my way to listen to them one time that I really liked like five of their songs, and I knew I really liked five of their songs, but I didn't know it was quite that artist. Mm-hmm. right? So it's a very inconsequential example, of course, because it's just about musical taste. But since then, their music helped me through depression. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So if I would have lived my entire life with that dumbass misconception and a conversation that I had when I was eleven or twelve years old with some stupid ass kid who's just talking mad shit, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have maybe been alive in the situation. And that's a, an extreme scenario, of course, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like well, it's valid. Like in that situation, like a, there was a there was a door that I didn't even see. And once I saw it, I got to walk through it, and it was better for me in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. This is really valid, especially when it comes to music. How many times have your black friends been caught listening to music like, wait, you listen to that? Or like, oh, you listen to rock and roll? Yeah, or you listen yeah, to this yeah. alternative rock or this uh, pop punk? It was like, you know, you put these assumptions, just to, any petty things like music, yeah. that like just because of my background, I can't listen to this music. Or oh, yeah. they put a negative assumption, just anything that you like, and it's just you know, now you don't get a chance to experience it. Yep, you know, it's disheartening that people just shy away from just experiencing things. Like I used to have this big thing. I was like, man, I hate country. Uh, then I found like two songs that I like. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like, do I, do I mean, do I still hate country? No. Do I still like country? Maybe it's not, just, but at the same time, yeah. Like, like that used to be. People still say that, like, oh, what kind of music? Let's do anything but country. Yeah. I was like, man, country must be really bad then. <laughs> and then, like, I found two songs that I liked, and I was just like, you know, country's not that bad. And people just if you know, people just give it a chance. Oh yeah,
1: I love Patsy Cline. I don't know if you ever listened to Patsy Cline, Patsy as, Cline. as an older as an older country artist, but
0: you know, if I had to think of a country artist, uh, you know, funny thing is. You know, everybody likes a country song because everybody like cars. Everybody like cars. <laughs> everybody like life as a highway. Yeah, you like, like a country song. Flat song. Yeah. So, you you don't hate country. You you like that song. But um now it's a another stig- stigmatization cuz I found the song it was like about was a song by Luke Bryant, but now he is now considered stadium country, so that's not real country.
1: Oh yeah, he's too big for he's not outlaw country. Yeah, it's always
0: a stipulation yeah. that people comes with like, oh, you like country, but you don't like real country. Oh, yeah, you like stadium you pop see country. A lot
1: in hip hop right now. Yeah, like these aren't real rappers. Yeah, this ain't the real rap. You know what I mean? This ain't the shit that I grew up on. This ain't real rap music. This like, is just whatever these kids are doing. But
0: I was like, you know, yeah. And I, especially in music, trying to keep up with music, like I, I was like, man, what is the kids listening to? And I listened to, it. I was like, you know, am I gonna listen to this every day? No, I was like, but you know, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad feel. music. Yeah. It's not bad enough for me to wake up like to shit on something that people like. Like you know mean, what? Yeah. You know, NBA Young Boy. I have no idea why you like them. Anybody that liked them is stupid. Like. You don't have to wake up and do that. It's just, yeah. it's it's really just, you know, a preference and just giving the chance of it. And I think a lot of people just don't even give it things that they're not known a chance when it comes to life, music, art. People stick to what they know and they don't give other things a chance. Absolutely. And we have this weird,
1: like, uh, tendency to tear things down that we don't understand. Yes. Like, because to your point right there with the NBA Young Boy thing, like, some people. To be honest, some people, when they hear it, don't love it. But Mm -hmm. they hate the idea of it getting popular more than they hate it. So they're going to go ahead and overcompensate and like, well, I'm just going to trash this to the point where other people maybe don't fuck with it because I don't want this dude hitting the top because I don't want this sound being the new sound. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not like all the... artists that you listen to in your life just disappear when something new comes out yeah exactly. that's the beauty of spotify for me mm-hmm. like i guess i could maybe see it being more of a cultural problem if you're still doing physical sales of albums right like if you go to an album shop and there's none of the good shit that you like because it's only the new shit that you don't like like i could see that being like physically more of a problem mm-hmm. but like i have instant access to almost every artist historically's entire catalog it's like, you at, the entire thing so any song I want to hear, on a moment's notice, I can pull up and play. So it's really weird to be super critical of something that I'm not necessarily a fan of. And it sucks for me because I'm critical at nature, right? Like, I've always been a big art person. Mm-hmm. So, like I, na- like, I evaluate it that way, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is what I think they did really well, and this is where I think they maybe could have built on it. But I've been trying to be a little bit more uh, patient with music especially, you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. I, I hate tearing shit down, you know what I mean? You like, know. It, it hurts. It really hurts sometimes, like when I realize I'm in a conversation and I'm like trashing some artist or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like I did a podcast with a friend of mine, and she had a negative experience with Chance the Rapper. So just like off the top, when we're talking, I was like, "Yeah, fuck Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. Man, he's done so much good for Chicago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, and God, I, I love some Chance the Rapper songs too. Like, I think acid rap is dope as fuck. But it was just, you know, you get caught up in the moment sometimes, and you don't mean to. But like, it was natural for me to just tear down. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just like, yeah, well, I like some of his songs, but I don't like the fact that he did that. It was, no,
0: fuck Chance the Rapper. Lately, I've been reading this book about, uh, God, what's the name of it? Um, The name of the book, don't mind me just looking at the title. Oh, yeah, you're all good. Uh, Once you find it, make sure you center up on the mic again. You're off on the side right now. Yep. So uh, the book I found is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And from the title of it, it seems like, oh, how to manipulate. Mm. Uh, how to manipulate people with seeing what you see. And really, the book is teaching me to be more interested in people because you want to, not just because you're trying to get something out of it. Mm. And just to see more things from their viewpoint. A one big thing that like I'm really critical of that... I'm critical on myself of like if I don't particularly like something, it's okay for me not to like it, but it's not okay for me to just bash it like uh like certain things I would say i would just I would say I just don't understand it, yeah, I don't understand the appeal of it. granted it is entertaining to some people, I don't understand the appeal of it, so a thing that I don't understand the appeal of it would be example would be like YouTube couples. I don't understand the appeal <laughs> yeah, understand. of it. <laughs> Sometimes I think it's very silly to be this invested, but that makes that that's entertainment to some yeah. people. Some people might think me watching anime or playing video games to wee hours in the morning is very like uh, just very stupid. Yeah. But that don't mean I have to bash them. It's of like course, that's just yeah. a I think, you know, taking steps and just trying to understand people. Like you don't have to be okay with everything but it's okay for you not to like something. Yeah, absolutely. Just okay like it's okay for you to like something. The book has helped me just be more thoughtful of the words I've used to describe things that mm-hmm. I don't particularly I don't particularly li- like, not agree with just like. Yeah. For example, the YouTube couples and you know, I think a lot of people granted I was definitely, you know, guilty of just, you know, if I don't like something, I just start bashing it. Yeah. And just like, you know, somebody else likes it. Imagine you said you like Travis Scott. As soon as you mentioned Travis Scott, I don't have no idea how much you in love with this guy's yeah. music. Soon as you like, oh man, I love I, I love Travis Scott. As soon as they I was like, you know, fuck Travis Scott. I think his music is fucking trash. You don't know how much that like hurts yeah, somebody exactly. inside. Cause they might they might like they might adore Travis Scott. But as soon as they opened up with something they like, your first thing was just to shoot it Shut down. Shut it down, yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, you know, it's he doesn't make good music. I don't know why people like him. And that's something that's, like, really dear to them. And so I think it's, um, I think it's uh, you know, just trying to get an understanding, just being okay not liking something. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, that's a lot of societal standards when it comes to it. Like, I was like... It's a lot of group mentality when it comes to, like, oh, you don't like this. I was actually so. going to touch
1: on that with you. I had a, I had a question that I kind of wanted to close off on. Uh, one of the things that I've looked back on in life and a lot of the ideas that I had put into me was through sports culture, right? Because mm-hmm. I grew up as an athlete. I was playing sports, so I was in a locker room with other men and all that other kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's a very competitive environment, not even just you know the actual game itself, just you know being around other young men my age at the time. Um, and I noticed that some of the things that I have trouble breaking from, I feel like stem from that culture. And I know you played football in college or mm-hmm. college, in college in and high school. So I wasn't sure if you've ever had any similar thoughts on that subject where you've looked back at your days as being like, uh, just one of the boys in the football room and having taken some, cause that's where like the shitting on thing came from for me, mm-hmm. right? Like you just be bullshitting with all the dudes in the locker room and then, you know, somebody brings something up. But man, shut the fuck up. That's weak as fuck. You're a bitch. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or whatever the case was. And I feel like some of that uh, verb... Like, that's my way of communicating. And I've had difficulties breaking it sometimes. And when I look back, I feel like that's really where I pick that kind of stuff up at.
0: Mm-hmm. A perfect example is Kobe. Yeah. That's a great example. Perfect Perfect example. Everybody hated Kobe. And if you could just look at the way people hated Kobe during his playing time to the way people are uh, hating LeBron during his playing time, it almost mirrors each other yeah. that just because people don't like them, it's now there's groups of people don't like them. It's very similar to Steph Curry. Yeah. Where it's very similar to just grouping things to like, like you don't like them, I don't like like Nah, I don't like them. Or why don't you like them? Well, I don't like them for that reason either. Uh, very easy just to get group up and just like band together f- for this uh, hate of like a single thing or a mm-hmm. single person, and then you know tragically he passed and then now everybody's like you know always rooted for Kobe yeah, yeah. like always always like Kobe he was always really good it was like you could have did this while he was alive yeah but instead you spent his career saying you hate Kobe like this whole time like for instance I think Chance the Rapper got a part in the song that he just says like. Fuck you, Kobe. Cause like I hate the Lakers.
1: That's funny. I just said fuck Chance the Rapper. And yeah, he's been spreading it too. He said fuck Kobe.
0: Yeah. So like I think it's like an old acid rap song. It's like everybody hate the Lakers, and he's just like fuck Kobe. I think it was like on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It was like man, how do you, feel, <laughs> how do yeah. you feel that you just out of your biggest moment on Saturday Night Live, you said everybody hate the Lakers and fuck Kobe, fuck Kobe. <laughs> I was like, you know that you. In
1: retrospect, that hurts. Yeah.
0: Yeah thing that you can't take that you can't yeah. take that back in retrospect yeah you, you really can't take that back and it's interesting the group mentality that could gain together that's why you just it's really important to build your own opinion and ideas of a person even if somebody don't like them just take your time to get your own opinion about yeah. it because the reason they might like not like them it might not be a big deal to you like, oh, uh, they use too much auto-tune, so I don't like them. Yeah, yeah. To you, it's like, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think it's too much. So I think breaking the mold of just the group mentality and just forging your own opinions, that is a real big thing in the locker room because there's a lot of things in the locker room that's just like, if enough people, if enough, if enough people don't like it, you, you just kind of all You know, like, it. Yeah, oh, we all don't exactly. like it now. Like, we're yeah. all on the same team. If we don't like this, we all don't. So... I think that was a big thing. I think a lot of people still struggle with that. Oh, yeah. Just uh, they want to feel included. Yeah, it it was nice being part of the team. You know
1: what I mean? Like, I always loved that environment, but when I look back, I'm like, damn, you can't take that mentality and apply it everywhere. No. Like, it doesn't work in life. It works to a degree in that environment because even then, there are a lot of kids that don't benefit from that environment, right? Like, it probably makes them less interested in sports. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's – sports is a very unique situation where i i do think sometimes it helps weed out i don't know if that makes sense entirely but like it's it's an interesting culture you know what i mean like it's yeah. a it's a strongest survive type culture and and that's not necessarily applicable in every single field mm-hmm. and i think it's a very not i don't want to say dangerous mentality but it is a potentially harmful mentality to carry with you outside of that specific scenario a
0: mm-hmm. definitely lot just like forging your own opinion like yeah. we love a player we love a player on the come up. Oh yeah! But as soon as they get to the up, yeah, you know, you know I don't really like them that much. But we love him on the come up. We love them yeah. when he's we love them when they're small on the bench. We love a good bench player, maybe a great six man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, now we like when Jeremy Lin blows up and he comes out of nowhere and he has those games where he's dropping forty points. But not once he's it. a starting point guard making good money, now he's held to that. St- yeah, yeah.
0: But we loved James Harden when he was a six-man th- on the bench oh, yeah. for the OK, uh, OKC Thunder. Now, oh, we can't stand James Harden. I was like, James Harden, the same person he was. He's just now he's yeah. he's just a little bit higher. Like, you liked him when he was small. Now that he's grown to, like, a big aspect, now it's just like, mm. now we don't like you as much. Like, we love Steph Curry because he was, like, undersized point guard. Oh yeah, now he's a two-time MVP, and that's a little too far. Yeah, that's a yeah. little too much. Now nah, I don't. I don't like him. Like he plays, he plays too good. Yeah, exactly. Just he's like, like, all all he does is shoot threes. Yeah, like, all he does yeah, is make threes. Like that's what he did yeah. when he was. That's what he did when he was an undersized that's point guard. That's why yard. he was so exciting to watch. That's why he blew up the way he did. I was like, yeah. You know, it's a it's a group thing. That's why. I mean, if, oh, another I guess of football example is the whole Odell thing. Like, oh, oh yeah. man, we love him when he was making these ridiculous catches. But now, uh, you know what? You, he talks too much. I don't, I don't mati- particularly likes when he talks, or because he's at this high standard now. So it's yeah. uh, it's very dangerous not forging your own opinions because people don't always lead you in the right direction. Oh yeah, you I really gotta completely. figure out that figure that out for yourself. Oh yeah. Oh well, shit, that's a good way to wrap it back around.
1: You're somebody yourself who likes to develop your own opinions on food you're interested in checking out
0: david here's reviews they can find you at you can find me at on instagram dt food review and on youtube at dt's apostrophe s food review i post on every tuesday usually around four o'clock four o'clock 4 30 but i will post and you will always get to learn on tuesday of a new post stay tuned for new developments and new content this year also with stay interactive with my Instagram stories I always try to keep a fun interacting poll going on to see you know where where the stance of on the followers that I have so you can fo- follow me on Instagram at, at dT for review and come enjoy some content you know it's always I'm always gonna find something that you can eat yeah, if you guys are interested
1: in checking that out we'll make sure to put the links below. Make sure you like and subscribe his channel, follow him on Instagram, stay interactive, let's keep it growing. The food community needs as many positive reviewers as it can possibly get, and I love supporting the metro Detroit area, so I hope that shit blows
0: up for you, my man. All right. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This is, probably, this is pretty cool. I was mm-hmm. going to just stay inside all Saturday. <laughs> so this is pretty cool to be a part of this. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're ever interested in coming
1: back on, let me know, and we'll expand the conversation. It's been nice talking to you, man. It's been a while. It's been nice. Uh,
0: my pleasure. My pleasure.